good morning everyone. You're tuned to Community Radio 3CR. Time is just after 7.30 and of course it's Sunday morning and time for the 3CR Gardening Show. My name's Pam Vardy. We have uh, a studio full of garden designers this morning so uh, lots of interesting discussions coming your way. First up, we welcome back Evan Golke from uh, Oka Landscapes. Morning, Evan. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's belting with rain on the way in. So, oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I've actually been heavily involved in uh, rebuilding an oval in Officer okay. in recent times, and it got sown Saturday week ago. Right. So this drizzle and so on has just been it's fantastic. Going to be perfect for yeah, you. it's just Absolutely. been fantastic. It's been nice and light, and yep. And uh, we're hoping to have a green top party next week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we get the first green shoots. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's been a very interesting exercise and, yeah, just loving this rain. Fantastic. Mm. We had over 100 mils last week wow. at our place we had a, in, the, in the three days of that rain event. We had Gosh. 105 mils. Um, and I don't know how much more we've had in the last couple of days. But mm. uh, it's been brilliant. been really good. Excellent. Well, it hasn't been so good for the warm season veggies, you know, sort of kicking on. No. Which has been a bit of a drag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you can't win them all, Evan. You can't win them all. (laughs) That's gardening. We also have to say a very good morning to Karen Sutherland from Edible Eden Design. Hi, Karen. Hi, Pam. How are you this morning? Yeah, not too bad. You've you've come in despite having a bit of a croak and a headache. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) don't sound the best. I'm I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) That's the main thing. (laughs) That's wonderful. I've been doing a bit of, uh, well, getting ready for lawn sowing as well. I'm putting in a. I'm help um, working with a collaborative project up at an Indigenous interpretive garden in Yay at the Y Water Discovery Centre. And uh, that's in conjunction with Golden Broken CMA and, and the local council and it's going to be Green Army helping plant as well. And uh, one of the things we had to find, I had to source were um, native grass seed for a big lawn. They wanted a really big, I started off with a small lawn in the design and they said, no, no, we want a really, really big lawn. Wow. So it's quite big, uh, 100 square metres or so. So I've just had to buy a lot of very expensive weeping grass seed. Yeah. Ah, so, Stiper. Mm. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to um, – I've, I've never – I don't think I've ever planted that much weeping grass seed, so that'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, that, that, is, that, that is a good lawn though, isn't it? Because um, it, it, it is sort really of looks lovely. a little bit like cooch really, the uh, way well, it grows. It's very fine anyway. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so what one oh, – a couple of interesting things they advised <laughs> me was that I, I've never had to be so – well, I suppose I've never also sowed lawn seed so late in the season, mm. so I was a bit hesitant about that. And they said, no, that should be okay, but you'll um, need to wait about, need to be aware that it's about a 30 day germination period. So oh, don't wow. get too concerned about that. Yeah. And then they also, set, you know, with a bigger building rather than just someone's back garden where you put it in and, you know, they just, bad luck, they just have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they also said that um, you can, for that area, I could use between one to three kilos. So wow. that's, a, that's a big difference, isn't that it? That is a big difference. And they said, well, yeah. you either put the one kilo in and then let the plants grow and then gradually fill in by seeding. But, of right. course, yes. in a big lawn. But they're rhizomatous as well. Uh, really? Yeah, I've never pretty, noticed that. Well, yeah, when I, whenever sure I've is, seen yeah. them in gardens, they haven't been because <clears> they've been – a lot of them have been – well, either just freshly planted mm. by us, which is not that common, but we have actually planted them sometimes, or otherwise they've been um, just remnant, remnant vegetarian, mm. re- vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope I don't make too many. It could be really humorous this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. Yeah. Remnant vegetation in people's gardens, which is quite amazing. 
really that they've mm, just yeah. been hanging in there yeah, forever they've never they've never gone away yeah. so yeah. anyway um i planted a small patch <laughs> at my place not long ago and i chose to just plant tubes because i couldn't get seed at the time it was a few months ago now and um they they haven't quite filled in yet although one bit was adjoining the chicken area so uh the chickens do really like those seeds okay <laughs> <laughs> right bang goes the lawn. trimmed yeah oh they they i put a little border up so they can only get to a certain height but they made a lot of effort to get to the seeds on <laughs> on the on their edge yes right. so yeah, a few interesting things so I'll, I'll let you know in a subsequent um subsequent radio how the how the large lawn goes yeah so, mm. absolutely yeah, fingers crossed we get to, that what they do seem to get good rain up there so Mm. Anyway, yeah. mm. great. Yeah. We well, also have to say a very good morning to Loretta Childs. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Pam. Good morning, listeners. Yeah, it's been um, wet, 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 Evan. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I, I love it, and we love it. And I did a huge planting last Thursday, Friday. But as for sort of doing my rocks and standing in clay and mud, <laughs> and, yeah, look, the added advantage is that I grow taller. Which I am yes, that's right. So, I mean, I do get that advantage. But any look, it's been um, fantastic the rain. But I um, I, I, it is sort of the hint of winter to come, isn't it? it certainly is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we're Never loving mind. loving the sort of fresh mornings again because we warm up really quickly. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever perspired. Don't shouldn't talk about this on radio. But, I mean, look, <laughs> it has just been a twenty-five degree day, and if you're out in that sun, it's just got that extra bite. Yes, it ever? It absolutely. Mm. Yeah, and you just sort of perspire. The sun's still mm. really hot. I've noticed that too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When it comes to the car, you jump back in the yeah. car and you think, ah, oh, yeah. it's like a greenhouse yeah. in there. No, mm. we've been doing a lot of rock walls and. Uh, enjoying it but also some lovely uh wicking beds so wicking bed vegetable gardens in um in private gardens which has Mm -hmm. been great and introducing them to people and i think we've done three clients in the last uh, few months and it's been really great because you're looking at what they're able to do with the wicking bed. So from rocks to wicking beds, Pam. Yes. And eating in the water. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's what, what's your method of wicking beds? Uh, well, we, we've gotten onto a, a company that are putting them together in apple boxes. And so they're 1,200 square and they're lined with a pool liner. Uh, they have plumbing on the bottom, which is up 400, so you've got a drainage spot at the base of the box, and then 400 up you have your overflow. Mm. So that's all plumbed in. Then you've got 400 mil of uh, 20 mil scoria. Uh, take that up to the top of your um, overflow. Put some geotextile fabric over that, and then you've got another 400 of, mm. of the good soil mm. um, for your veggie beds. But before you do actually put that in, you put some um, Aggie in, just about 75 mil Aggie down to your scoria. Fill them up nice and full. Uh, Fill the box up, plant your veggies, give it a top water and away they go. And, Mm. you know, that wonderful advantage of the fact that, I mean, you can have it hard against a house. There isn't any water issue. About mm, you know, horrible eaves area and, where and nothing grows. Yeah. So mm. we're just looking at such varied application. Mm. Um, I mean, you might relate to we love putting in veggie gardens in in um, playgrounds and whatnot, but mm. they're a bit tall. They're, they're yes. eight hundred high, so they are definitely for us oldies mm. um, or myself anyway. Speak for yourself. <laughs> well, myself, you know. <laughs> they're actually very popular with hipsters around where you know, Brunswick oh, yeah. and Kobe. They're yeah. in, you know, you drive along. It's like apple crate, apple crate, yes. apple crate. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, of course, with your inner suburbs, you've got uh, you've got your problems of um, contaminated soil often, and Absolutely. so it's it, it 
city you know, of Yarra. That's it's so easy to just co- put in wicking Compulsory bed. to have a rose bed. But is I have it, to say that, uh, that where they are being used as well, well, not, not, I'm not so much um, damning the wicking bed, which is a really wonderful mm. thing, as we know. But, yeah, the apple crates, probably without the wicking bed because they do drain, so they, they, they lose so much moisture. As a wicking yeah. bed, they're probably much, much yes, better. Absolutely. But you see a few abandoned, not very well used yes. wicking beds around the yeah. place. Oh, sorry, yeah. apple crates, I should say, well, around the place. Well, it's the apple crate. The apple thing, crate, and, yeah. and, I mean, you know, you're getting them secondhand for a start, mm. so you have got the rot issue if you don't have them lined. Much so, better, yeah, much better a, way of going. Really, mm. Yeah, really mm. terrific way to go. Well, mm. any raised garden bed is, can be tricky unless it's the mm. wicking bed, obviously. It's not yep. because it's got the moisture yeah. in it, but yep. raised beds do dry out. And I was, mm. I was on the train the other day going into the city and I forget what station it was, but there were these bluestone sort of circular mm. planting beds in the middle of yep. the station somewhere maybe – Maybe it was Burnley or somewhere like that. And of course, there was nothing in them. Right. <laughs> because yeah. mm. when I see, you know, you, to do something like that, you nearly mm. have to put an insulation layer yeah. inside mm. the, the rock yeah. work yeah. in order that the heat, the enormous heat that you get yeah. held inside bluestones yes. you know, or any masonry like that, it just just dries the soil out in mm. record time. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, and, I mean, that advantage, I think, <clears throat> also of, um, well, holiday. And you know you sort of fill your wicking bed up, mm. and you can go away for a week. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And here you go. You've got that sort of. And I love the fact that you can get a little bit of pipe, um, and make you know do a, um, do it from corner to corner, up you know a meter, and throw a net over it. Mm. So whatever you're growing. Oh, right, sorry, I thought you meant joining the plumbing together. No, oh, sorry. no. <laughs> I'm having trouble visualising. That, yeah, yeah. So it's a really great mm. way to go. Yeah, just a little bit of poly, and yeah. over you go, and yeah. Yeah, it's just a versatile. And I mean that um, my uh, clients presently, they've never had a vegetable garden before. Okay. Mm. And that was sort of how this was sort of one of, we'd done a few and and he was sort of going, oh, well, we want to build this and that. And I said, well, look, don't worry about that. Why don't you try these wicking beds? And he was just onto it. <laughs> and I'm really hoping that's such a positive um, positive way for him to go yes, and absolutely. to pass that on. Because mm. yeah. any anyone to grow their own veggies is... Um, I think fabulous. One really interesting mm-hmm. thing um, with them over the years I've noticed is that you'd normally think for tomatoes that you need, say, two, you know, the old thing was two shovels deep. I love how yeah. all the old gardening yeah. things are always <laughs> in measurements like that. Yes. And you'd think that tomatoes needed this two shovels deep yes. and other, other vegetables like that. But these um, constant supply of water beds, like wicking beds and, the, mm-hmm. and um, you know, some of the commercially available ones that are made in plastic as well, with, real, with even shallower soil depth than yes. 400. And I was thinking, oh, they're not going to be able to grow tomatoes. But they do, and I've been yeah. really amazed. It's yeah. really surprised me. Yeah. In fact, they probably do it better because um, that moisture coming up, working its way up through yeah. the soil, yep. you know, only gets so far, doesn't it? Mm. <clears throat> so mm. depending on how heavy the planting medium is and how much oxygen there is mm. down low will, you know, determine on how deep the roots will go. Mm. But it's just so, so interesting that... <clears throat> I, I just didn't think you could grow tomatoes in, you know, 200 to 400 yes. mil of yeah. soil yeah. Re- really, really well. Yes. Mm. Uh, I mean, you can yeah. grow them in pots, of course, but they, yeah. I've grown them in pots too, but they dry out really easily. But these, mm. these wicking beds um, well, are really different. I think different. the humidity too. You know, when you look at the humidity that is coming mm. our way, it appears, um, things don't always want to be top-watered. 
Mm. So, yeah. you know, that really mm. makes with your... your disease prevention. Yeah, disease yeah. prevention. Exactly. I think there's mm. sort of something... Because it is definitely getting more humid, isn't it? Isn't That's it? Right. Yeah, so definitely. I've only noticed because some herbs don't dry out the way they used to. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, we've just kind destroyed of a whole lot of... And yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just destroyed a whole lot of spearmint like that because we'd had it out undercover, mm. but we actually drank it last night and it was terrible because oh, it, it hadn't dried longy. out properly. So I think wow. it probably got a little bit of... Because you're down the peninsula maybe, so you have even more... Or in Upper Beacon Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's quite <laughs> a bit confused, of moisture. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were and, down there for some reason. And so, <laughs> you know, and I, it, it really did... It, they lost it, the flavour. Yes. Yeah. Really. Oh, so I have yeah. to wait and... What were you having the spearmint for? We use it? it for tea, yeah. drinking tea. Okay. Yeah. The last wicking beds I made, I, I got quite lazy because I hate shoveling. Mm. Um, so instead of putting a whole lot of scoria in the bottom, yeah. I uh, I used um, pots off the job. Okay. Yep. So stacked up all the pots mm-hmm. in there um, and then filled between them with scoria. Yeah, okay. So you yep. used like yeah. a quarter of the scoria. <laughs> and yep, yep. used all the old pots, the and of course thing. they're strong as anything. You yeah. use it, use anything, use old milk crates, yeah. uh, whatever you like, anything that's about, yep. as you say, four hundred mil, mm. come up to about four hundred mil, yep. um, and uh, build it up with that sort of recycled plastic. And yeah, it'll, people were it'll be experimenting with that um, a while ago, I remember, and that, yeah, they were trying to use maybe foam boxes or because yep. mm-hmm. it kind of mimics some of that very expensive. Um, infrastructure that happens in roof gardens, yes. doesn't it? They have all those modular yeah. plastic oh, yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Plastic you know, I just cells. had a vision of that when mm. you said that, and I thought, oh, yeah, it's so similar to that. Yeah, right? they're used in um, uh, underground water tanks as mm. well. Yes, um, yeah. the milk those, crate ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, milk <laughs> crate I don't know what they're probably tanks. called, but yeah. <laughs> no, that's what they're colloquially yeah. known as. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that works really well because you use yeah. far less, yeah, for and sure. I think, and you effectively get more water storage. Because yeah, you're not f- filling yeah. up with yeah, the with the too. mass, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And it's a lot easier because I'm quite lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, if you overfill the scoria, it's not fun to have to take it out. No, <laughs> it's not. No, it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said nothing then. <laughs> I just have a fear of scoria from too many years of um, early morning raking of scoria at the zoo as an apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> just looking down at this stuff, I thought I just hate this stuff. <laughs> Okay, well, I must get on with some community announcements. Um, First up, uh, Knox Environmental Society is a not-for-profit community nursery. It's in partnership with Knox City Council. Um, They're involved with Rare and Endangered Species Program and Gardens for Wildlife. Now, uh, all funds that the nursery raises uh, go back to these environmental projects Today is the second day of their autumn plant sale. Um, It's running from 9am through to 4pm. And uh, if you'd like more information on that one, uh, you can phone 0409 866 196 or you can go to info at au for that one. And uh, just having a look here... They don't seem to have uh, given me a, an address for that one, so I would recommend that you um, you perhaps jump on their um, on their uh, email or uh, give them a call and get the full details of exactly where they are holding that. But um, or also if if you uh, maybe go to uh, Knox City Council 
it will um, also show that when it's called Knox Environmental Society. Okay, Villa Alba, of course, is open today because it's the first Sunday in the month. Now, today they're held, as well as having the actual open day with the garden and the house, they're also running two separate tours. Now, these tours um, are free. Uh, once you've paid your entrance fee to go into actual Villa Alba, um, there are two, as I say, tours, one starting at 130 where Andrew Thorne will describe the archaeology of the house and its decoration. And at 2.45, Mrs Jessie Searle will outline the reconstruction of the garden, articulating the marriage between archaeological evidence and the plants available at the time. So, as I mentioned, there's no additional charge for those tours. Um, so it's opening up today, 1 o'clock through to 4 o'clock as usual. Cost admission is $10, $8 concession. Children are free. Afternoon tea is available for a $3 donation. And the address of Villa Alba is 44 Walmer Street in Kew. Melway's reference there, 44H6. Uh, just a reminder that uh, there are a couple of gardens open this weekend for Open Gardens Australia. Uh, and they're both... Uh, close to each other. So uh, the first one is um, the Linden, which is at 10 Margaret Street in Research. And the other one, if I can find it, which is also in Research. I don't know where I've put it yet. Um, I'll have to come back to that one. But both of them are in, uh, are in Research. And if you go to Open Gardens Victoria... Uh, you'll get both of those listed up under what's open for today. But as I say, two gardens opening in, uh, in research there today. Uh, now, uh, let me see. Um, most things seem to be closing up. A lot of the, uh, the uh, organisations and groups seem to be going into a, a bit of a dormancy over, over the winter period, particularly if it relates to, uh, to gardens. So... Um, I think that's about all I have, in fact, for um, for any other activities on at the moment. If you have a, a garden club that has an event coming up, do feel free to give us a call. We'd love to hear from you and uh, we can mention your particular activity as well. Uh, so it is high time we opened our lines for talkback. If you'd like to ask a gardening question this morning, particularly anything to do with, um, with planning for children's gardens or with any sort of garden design, all about how to build a rock wall. We have all the expertise here this morning. So do give us a call. That number is 94190155. That's 94190155. We do have Karen Sutherland, Evan Golke and Loretta Childs all in the studio this morning. So we would love to hear from you. Um, before I get started, uh, Karen, something for you which I'm sure you'll recognise. One of our listeners sent in this... Uh, Terrible-looking specimen of her um, oh. apple tree. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh lovely. Think, yes. <laughs> I feel immediately kind of grubby. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Just looking at it. Yeah, so thing. don't, don't we'll, take we'll any leave. of that home no. with you. <laughs> well, I've already got some anyway. Yeah, oh, have you? <laughs> I've got my own. Yeah, yeah, I've got my own as well. Yes, funny that. But uh, <laughs> Woolly aphid. For, uh, Woolly aphid. Yeah. Now, um, the listener has never sprayed any of her... Um, 
her apple trees and she uh, she's had the trees for over 30 years. She's never seen it before and she's just desperately wanting to know what it is. Well, we've said woolly aphid and how to deal with it. You do need to do something because if you ignore it too much, you end up with big scarring as anyone who's had it knows. That's right. Big scarring on the branches. Then yep. you end up having to take off really nice little – and the smaller wood's more affected by, yep. the, by the larger scarring. Yep. So then you lose all your lovely fruiting wood, which is not very helpful. Um, but the best way I found – well, there was a couple of methods. One was I was spraying with – uh, with white oils and things, but of course above your head that's not very pleasant. No. Or eco no. oil, I should say. Yep. Um, then I heard a Peter Cundall suggestion that was to take a paintbrush with methylated spirits mm. and just dab it directly on them, and that's worked really well. And that seems to really zap them so that they don't tend to come back. And I, I guess the um, the bark of the tree is mm. strong enough to not be too badly affected by the methylated spirits. And that would be pretty hard, though, if it's a big apple tree. I mean, well, you'd see, but you do time. seem to get it in patches, though. Yeah, you don't, true. And, and it seems to also, one thing I've read about it and does seem to be true is that when you do any hard pruning, it will come around the yeah. areas, the, the, the yeah. scar tissue where it's been. Where and you is. couldn't make yeah. up a little bottle, a <coughs> little squirty bottle, like a Windex, Windex bottle? or Oh, with methylated spirits. Yeah, yeah mine, I, I suppose it depends how big you're. If yeah, you have a tree exactly. small, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and and the other really sweet thing that happened is I, I was doing my typical ignore things and hopefully they'll go away type of <laughs> I would have approach. <coughs> and um, mm-hmm. I was outside one day and noticed that this little flock of um, – I'm really bad with bird identification, so the little tiny ones with the little yellow bits around their eyes, uh, cute little birds, and they sort of zoomed in to the tree, chattering loudly and um, zapped around the tree, picking out lots and lots and lots of woolly aphid. And they, over after, after the first year they didn't come, but the second year they must have noticed that it was there because it comes every year now. So uh, that's, sorry, bad news for the person who's got it because it seems to come once it started. And uh, they came in and they, they do clean up quite a lot of it. So yeah. that's um, another reason not to use anything toxic. Mm. Mm. But the methylated spirits doesn't seem to... Uh, I suppose they would smell it and they wouldn't be eating that. But anyway, just instantly yeah. sort of shrivels it up and you, you know, yeah. doesn't it does. I've tried that. Yeah, and it that does work. work. Well. The metho. Yeah. yeah, it does work. Mm. Yeah. Um, and some trees are more susceptible than others. I think that's oh, some worth noting. They do seem to be, yeah. Some yeah, varieties. Yeah, some varieties oh. of apple. So I've got about uh, 12 different types of apple, mm. uh, all espaliered, so they're relatively low. Yes, so you yeah. can do the, yeah. uh, the, the sort of dabbing on. Um, but some are just more susceptible yeah, which than ones others. Have you found more susceptible? Um, that's a good question. I've got my little list of what I've got here. Um, we've got one called Esopus Spitzenberg. That's <laughs> I remember never <laughs> of played course. that one. Yeah, don't play that one. <laughs> <laughs> never even heard that, of it. That one's quite quite susceptible. Um, that's it. No more of those being planted <laughs> in the world. Um, we've got um, one called Worcester um, Permain. That's also quite susceptible. Of uh, course. Come on. <laughs> Haven't you got these apples? No. Oh, look, you need a variety, a good group of apples. But I, what I was going to say is last year, I, I'm a bit, a bit like you, you know, you look, you walk past, you go, I must do something about yeah. that. <laughs> I must do something about that. And last year it got quite bad. It works bad. quite well usually. <laughs> it got quite bad on a couple. Couple, and uh, I thought I'll get the hose out and give mm. them give them a spray. I forgot and to that, mention that that did look, work for me. That yeah. kind of worked, mm. and I thought yep. I'll get the karcher out. 
Oh, no. <laughs> and give oh, him no. a really good spray. Yeah. And no joke, it worked a treat. Oh, now, wow. you have to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to wear a glove because often you're holding the little branch and you're giving it a oh, spray. Oh, yes. But they go yes. flying off. <laughs> that don't feel so healthy afterwards. <laughs> no. But, but it, it was very, very Stripped effective. Any leaf. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, I was thinking good for autumn, just sort of cleans yeah, it yeah. once. No, yeah. the, it's extraordinary mm. how well the leaves hang on. What you do have to be careful of is stripping bark. <laughs> on the well, smaller, on the smaller branches. That's powerful. Yeah. No, this is this is. I've great only got fun. a Kasha, you know, cheapy version. I've got a It lasted for me two years. It's only this season wow. that really? they've really come back. Right. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, because so, I've just done the hose um, squirting. I do that on aphid. Really it yeah. doesn't yeah. work as well okay. for the woolly aphid. Mm. But the well, my partner would quite like that one. You, I think you just it's have to be careful. Machinery. Yeah. No, but, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rock karcherer myself. <laughs> I always karcher the rock. Yeah. And recently I was up, you know, sort of three metres on a wall I'd built, cleaning off the rocks because it had been raining and they were really muddy. Mm. And uh, anyway, my client had really kindly given me his karcher to use and or high-pressure spray. spray. And uh, it was the most powerful one I have ever used. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I'm standing up there and my excavator driver said, Look out! And I sprayed, and I just went backwards. And I, I was just about to down. say that you wow. might do that. They are wow. so it was the strongest one I've ever. Yeah, <laughs> grief is a uniform. After three hours, the old shoulders were sort of wow. know, aching, yeah. and the hand yeah. was. But um, they did a really good job, and they yeah. did need to be cleaned. So yeah. you, you do have to be clean. You do have to be careful, though. I know my son uh, a couple of years ago. So he was relatively young. He was uh, he was having go of it to clean off. Um, clean out some drains and unbeknownst to me he decided to see how strong it was and he stuck his oh. finger in front of it yeah. and cut his finger like oh. quite deeply <laughs> oh okay <laughs> it's very strong yeah. um, so you do have to be careful so if you are spraying your apple tree you wear a glove on the hand that you're holding because you have to hold the little limbs and turn them mm, around because i yeah. suppose they'd just be yeah. bent sideways yeah that's right yeah. yeah but the mm. other place that's really important is right down at ground level they tend to gather Around. Oh, I hadn't even yes. looked at that because I'm tending to focus on the bits that are up hanging mm-hmm. off the tree looking mm-hmm. Yeah, awful. no, I've noticed that they tend to be around. If you look at your trunk, that's often Never where it's that. the most heavily yep. infested that's right. down near ground level. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think if you control them there, you, you go well on the way to controlling them in the rest Higher of it. Because yep. I yeah. imagine they overwinter in the soil or under the yeah. bark, yep. the older bark down, down low. I wonder do, because I've got chickens in the, around my apple tree, oh, so maybe that's they, why they're not, because I think I haven't seen oh, it at the base, but right. maybe that's... That's why oh, the if birds eat them, them maybe yes. the chickens are yeah. eating them. I don't even yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Don't okay. clip their so there's wing. a few don't methods. Don't clip their wings. Let them get up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they... it's good if you can have several varieties and of tree because then you can effectively weed yeah. out the ones that, exactly. that, that are not you know, that are more susceptible. Yeah. yeah. Can you pronounce the ones again that we're not having? Because <laughs> <laughs> we can't remember. It's I can't remember. Spitzenberg. Spitzenberg. <laughs> it's not a bad apple either. It's quite a, quite a nice apple. It's an eating apple? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we've had terrific apples this year. The, I um, did too. I had my oh, best year, crop ever. Yeah. Our early apples were terrible, right. I think, because it was too cold. Yep. Because um, we get apples as, as early as sort of the last week of December. Oh, that's very early. Yeah, mm. really early. Um, Vista Bella is. So you're going to say January, but wow, <laughs> that's super early. Yeah, no, really good. Vista Bella is a, is a ripper, really early, and mm. it, it's not a 
it's a very white fleshed apple. You know, you get those ones that are so they're yep. not super tasty, mm. okay. but it's still a nice a yep. nice eating apple to mm. get it early. Mm. But the um, the best one we grow, I think, is um, named after my daughter. It's called Ida Red. Mm. Um, not that really. sounds like a, a hen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let her know that. Here we go. Well, they're the Ida, isn't there the Ida Brown? Ida Brown. Ida Brown. But Ida Red, we That's had like one. Hen, yeah. they're, they're just, Cute. you can feed the whole family with an apple. Wow. Because um, we had one today, uh, this a couple of weeks ago, it was 133 grams. Good grief. For an apple. Like, they're like tractor tyres. It's like Br- Bramley's uh, seedling, which we grow for cooking. Yes. Um, they, they're like tractor tyres as well. They, they, they can be 130, 140 grams. Just the most magnificent. Just visualising these hanging off your espaliers, the pearl espaliers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Steel frames. <laughs> yeah. No, so it is good to have. So we have apples that start in late December and mm, go through till wow. June. So they're all small. Yeah. And they're all low. Yes. So they're, they're easy. To, and actually, the. They're great for the kids, the smaller ones. So it's like the, mm. the, you know, when you go to the supermarket or the green grocers and those huge bananas. I mean, yeah, yeah, stupid. it's a meal. They're just, but they're too big mm. to yeah, give a child yeah. in their lunch or yeah. whatever, right. and they get left. And yes. I love a yeah. sort of medium size to small and an apple, same yeah. sort of thing. Half an eaten apple. How often do you see that? That's yeah, right. Exactly. Your, your bell <laughs> I quite like small yeah, apples yeah. myself. <laughs> I prefer a small apple. Yeah. 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 The best small apple we have is um, <clears throat> Gevestine Fanny. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's quite small, and it's really prolific. Okay, so you mm. just get squillions of apples. It's a that's a good school, um, school apple, school, school apple. lunch apple. You know, if you're in, <laughs> for in a in a garden in a school, mm. yeah, because okay. because it produces so many, mm. um, so they're not overly big, yeah. but it produces squillions of apples. Mm. That's great. Mm, even on a smaller spade. And mm. a good question that people might be thinking of asking is: so, where are you getting your um, rare varieties from your rare apples? Um, Woodbridge fruit oh, trees Woodbridge. in oh, okay. Tasmania. Yeah. So their catalogue just came out. Yes. I saw it yeah. on the email mm. last we just week. Went maybe past it last weekend. Did you? Yeah, oh. we're down in Tassie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, they they are great because they have yeah. great information on their website as well. Mm. So mm. for the beginner, mm. there's lots of really really good information on the website as mm. to how to. Um, them really and... cute little diagrams. And, yes, yeah. and the cherry, the cherry, yeah. uh, the Spanish bush cherry description of pruning that they've got is really nice mm-hmm. as well. Mm. So yeah. yeah, they yeah they do have good because there's really uh, well someone ring up and correct me, but there's really only that I know of. I just was wondering, oh, you know, I hadn't I hadn't looked right through the Woodbridge catalogue though because mm. I haven't heard of some of these apples. But Woodbridge, Pete the Permi, and then there's also Yalka fruit trees in central Victoria. But there's mm. not really anyone else I know of that's um, growing. Yeah. There's Bear heritage trees? fruit trees in Beaufort, Beaufort, I think it is. Oh, okay. That's, okay. that's actually owned by um, Rob Pelletier, who used to do a gardening show on 3AW. That's embarrassing. That he was a Burnley that. lecturer, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, well. I Rob think, Pelletier. I think he was, I think yeah, he was there when I was there. Yeah, so you can buy potted. That, that place is good because they have potted plants, mm. whereas Woodbridge, because mm. they're from Tasmania, mm. Mm. Um, you, you, you're sort of getting um, bare root. Bare root. Well, the Penny and Yalka as yeah. well. It's all bare root and yeah. that's yeah. just yeah. how it is. Yeah, so, yeah. no, Rob, Rob, Rob does have them in um, 
in pots. In Good pot. thing to discuss at this time of year for people planning to buy their fruit trees. Yeah, <laughs> well, this, this yeah. is the time to think it about is, yeah. your it orchard. Is. It's the time. Start preparing it now, do your research and do your ordering. Mm. And then they'll rock up sometime in July mm. um, and then you're ready to go. You've, mm-hmm. got, your, you've got your beds ready and, and you've built your little espalier fence and, mm-hmm. and so on. And it's ready. So, yeah, this is absolutely the time. We're eyeing off all that. the crates, of course. As we're flying through um, Woodbridge <laughs> and Signet and all of that, oh God, look at those! They're good nice ones. looking ones. Yeah. I like those. How can we get them over? <laughs> Fruit crates. Yeah, all the apple crates. As I'm thinking, apple crates, wicking beds. Yes, new so, business. Fantastic. No. Sonia and, Sonia and I were walking through the back of the farm across the road from us the other day, and he uh, he adjusts uh, horses for locals, um, an older fellow, and uh, at the back down near mm. the creek, he's got apple crates lined up from the local yep. apple grower and he puts all the horse manure in there. Okay. So he puts it all in there and the worms and bacteria and the microbes and whatever do their thing and then he spreads it over his paddocks. Straight mm. horse manure? Oh, because I suppose there's not it's, too many nutrients. It's not super strong nutrients. Either. Yeah, yeah. Um, so well, it gets broken down. It just down. lets it break down, yeah, because mm. I suppose it's got then, a lot of grassy stuff in it, so it's... Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it works really, really well. Mm. If you ever go to a, an adjustment place and, and grab the horse manure, um, it's full of worms if it's any more mm. than about a month mm. old. Mm. I just yeah. find it's full of seed too. Oh, absolutely. And it does mm. drive me a bit crazy. The, that mm. comes with the territory, mm. yeah. 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 And, you know, the, the, the cow manure, just all those stomachs they have mm-hmm. tend to break down. The seed doesn't. Oh yeah, come through mm. so much, and yeah. so it's. Uh, mm. But yeah, it's just that horse manure is really easily available. Oh, or you can. Oh yeah, um, it's every well we're at Christmas Hills, Yarra Valley, so yeah, so it's everywhere. That's- Horse around you, every, every yeah. second property yeah. by my poo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you can um, try. Of course, you know you can try the. Um, when I've been on friends' places, that's all they've had. Well, actually, what they had was they had donkeys. They didn't have anything else. Wow, what's donkey and, poo like? Oh, it was similar to horse, I think. And <laughs> yeah. um, it was down on Bruni Island, so there's just nothing else. We we're looking yeah. and such, such sandy soil. And yes. this is my friend's mum's place. We were trying to help her with her garden, and to get anything down there is quite a mission. Yes. Mm. And so on the south of. The South Island of Bruni Island. It's yes. a long way down. So yeah, we just put it in a big tub and mm. and um, you know rotted the seeds away, basically with water. I mean, you know, made manure tea and mm. then poured yep. it on the garden. And so yeah, they, yeah that worked really well yep. for the horsey mm. uh, for the mm. donkey manure. Mm. I'd say yeah. it's the same as horse yeah. manure. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, 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 yeah because yeah. It, it had prolific amounts of seed in it. Otherwise, so yeah. yeah. But yeah. usually, if you go to an, an adjustment <coughs> place, you don't have to pay for it in bags. You just go with no. your trailer. No, absolutely. And some yeah. of them even have a you know yeah. front end loader, and they're happy yeah. to load it up. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Because <laughs> they tend to gather it off the paddocks and yep. put mm. it into piles. Mm. Yeah. And if you get into the back of the pile. Where it's been there for a few oh, months, yeah, and yeah. the seeds it's have already fantastic. broken down a bit. Yeah, mm. I mean, you still get seeds, but if mm. you have a look through the paddocks, and it depends how well they've maintained the paddocks yeah. too, mm. not as to what's going to be there. Mm. But yeah. it's no different to buying hay and using that, and, mm. and yeah. so on. So yeah. it's you know it's cheap. Oh yeah, and I think that's the great thing about yeah. it. Well, it's the thing of getting what's near you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm being a bit envious now, thinking of all that nice front end loader loaded. <laughs> Into the trailer. That sounds so good. <laughs> I'm <being> really envious. <laughs> okay, you are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. Uh, the uh, in the studio this morning we have Karen Sutherland, Evan Golke, and Loretta Childs. 
we are running through until 9.15, so plenty of time for you to jump on board and ask a gardening question this morning. The number is 94190155. First up, we're going to go to Sue, who's in Narriwarren North. Good morning, Sue. Uh, good morning, uh, everybody. Um, Karen, I spoke to you a couple of last time you were on about apricot tree, um, which we have now planted and we're planning to be a weeper. Now, on Friday we were gardening and uh, there's some new cherry trees out, dwarf cherry trees. Uh, uh, is there? Yes, yes, um, yeah, the dwarf cherry trees. Yeah, they're quite, I was, we're just talking about the Spanish bush pruning, actually. Well, well, in one of the magazines I was looking at, Fleming's have got these dwarf ones and um, Joel, who is Evan's works with Evan, has said I could espalier some. My only concern with cherries, is our climate cold enough for cherries still? Mm. Well, they still grow in... I mean, I can just go by the suburbs I know because not that many people I know grow cherries. I mean, certainly in Tasmania they do. But um, in Brunswick still, I've got a friend who grows yeah. cherries quite successfully and, I mean, that's quite sheltered and it has a big urban heat island effect yeah. there. So mm. I can't see why not. But, again, it would depend on varieties. Mm. But you'd be hoping mm. that the nurseries would be bringing in... The growers would be bringing in varieties that were sufficiently were, were suitable for our area. Is, yeah, that, well, is that your main question? But I don't know about espaliering them. I've never espaliered Yeah, cherries. well, I do. Uh, I've go. got cherries. Um, espaliered? Yeah, it, wow. they, they go up. I have them up in a fan. Oh, and, yeah, okay, yes. Well, yeah. I was thinking about getting a couple of the dwarf ones because it would be a freestanding fence behind yeah. this apricot tree because there's quite a bit of... Because uh, after Joel had finished on Friday, we were having a coffee and having a discussion about this. So, what? What? <laughs> what was he doing? Lazing around? <laughs> no, he finished. <laughs> and... No, we were discussing work, Evan. <laughs> and, oh, well, that's all right. Yeah. And he said, uh, I could have spared you some there, but I'm thinking mm. about the dwarf ones because um, I'm hoping, you know, um, at my age, I was, you know, they'll fruit pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. look, I had brilliant cherries last year mm, at my yeah. place. Mm, Absolutely brilliant. But. Um, well, you're a bit colder up there, though. Oh, no, I think they'd be Brunswick pretty similar. Brunswick reduces cherries. Yeah, then yeah, anywhere yeah. could yeah. reduce cherries We've in Melbourne. We've got them yeah. out where we are. Yeah, oh, okay. Fruiting beautifully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, the I, only thing is keeping the birds off them. You know, yeah, obviously, well, if you, that's the, where the dwarf ones would be really yeah, useful. Yeah, as far as I could net them yeah. better. Yeah. Now, now, with all your cherry, your apple trees, Evan, have you got a um, pomme de neige? No, I don't. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, because I haven't got any room for any more, but I want to get some gra- graph a sign of that for one of my older ones, um, and uh, we'll look at grafting. So I'll have to look around for that. Don't yeah. the um, Heritage, Heritage Fruit Society, Fruit Society have yes, days yeah. where you can access they material? They do. Like they that. have pruning days, and and you can actually purchase cyan wood from them oh, for okay. the different varieties. Oh, so um, good. Yes, yeah, so I'd contact them and see when they're having their next... Um... It'll be pretty soon, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think there's a permaculture mob up in the Dandenong somewhere that are having a grafting day. I think it's in July or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. that that would be your opportunity. Yeah, I think I think um, Petty's Orchard too have one mm. coming yes, up fairly yeah. soon. So yeah. um, any of those societies, and, and they nearly always have some scion wood available. Oh, mm. okay then. Yeah, can I ask another question? Sure. Um, I've got this banana that I bought at um, Bunnings some years ago. Mm. Is it ever going to project? It's beautiful, well, magnificent. It's got all these suckers on it and it's high. 
I was talking to uh, someone at a wholesale nursery the other day who lives in Berwick, um, and she she grows a lot of fruit trees and this and that. And uh, she was saying that she's had excellent apple, uh, excellent bananas this oh, year. Really? Yeah, so uh, if in she Berwick, can grow yeah, them that's in cold. Berwick, because again, yeah. there's lots of them in Brunswick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 and she's quite yeah. low there too. Mm, that's amazing. Where she is, yeah. Yeah, um, well, mine's on the, um, the chicken house that's made of metal was here, and it's on the north side. And I have grown bananas before because I lived in the tropics years ago. So, mm. But oh, it's, it's huge. It's was it a cold tolerant? Was it labelled well, as a cold tolerant variety? I just variety? bought it from Bunnings. I saw it and I thought yeah. I'll try that. And Probably well, was because they were they have been selling pretty much all the bananas that you see down here yeah. seem to be cold tolerant, labelled yeah. as cold tolerant. But so. the, but then there's also the one that's not really a banana. Is it Enseti? Is that the, sp- um, the the genus? But would they sell um, it as a banana though? Well, looks a whole lot like a banana. Mm. It's oh, what well. you see around the zoo. Don't they? They have them at the zoo. Oh, yeah, I don't okay. think it's that. Yeah, but I think it's. Wouldn't, wouldn't they be selling them in the? You know how they they do tend to have them in the fruit section. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, but mm. that might be worth checking out. Yeah, because I've I've lost the label. It's been there a few years. Maybe I mean yeah. you would know. Sue, from being the tropics, but maybe you've got too many of the small suckers left. I, know. I don't know. No, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking doing that because, right. yeah, we, we lived in Catherine and Darwin and we had bananas up there. So, yeah. Mm. But, but the one thing that I grow here that I didn't grow up there, I have got a magnificent avocado. It's just wonderful. <laughs> With fruit? Oh yeah! Oh, lovely. Oh good. yeah, lovely yeah. My avocados are going off at the moment. Yeah, they've been fruit. good. I, I yeah. think they've been good this year. Well, I yeah. don't know whether it's just coincidence with the good rain we had in uh, spring and summer. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, I think it's also. I don't mm. know if you recall back, but the amount of hoverflies that were around mm. in yeah. spring was yeah, well, extraordinary. Yeah, I've all, never seen so many, absolutely. and they were all over the avocados. Yes, yeah. But the other thing was, I noticed that it wasn't too hot. I'm always noticing that because I think that's partly why, you know, how they've always been saying, oh, you only need one avocado, you only need bacon, don't need a uh, cross-pollinator. But every time it's flowering, it's incredibly hot. And so that surely must affect the um, the flower, um, you know, the, the flower problem with the pollination mm. and well, my, my, it hasn't, wasn't hot this year at flowering for mine yeah. anyway so no, I thought that yeah. must have That's helped. Right. Yeah. Well I've only got one and it's a half and it, you know. Oh well they, they seem to be more prolific too, way better. Um, I mean I saw one the other day in, in a client's garden it was only about a year and a half old, about mm. three foot high and it had three fruit on it. Gosh. And, yeah. Whereas bacon, you'll never see fruit on a young bacon. Yeah. I've never mm. seen one yet. So. Yeah. Thanks for your help. I'll get mm. these cherries. The only thing I'd question okay. Sue, which Evan may know, is that you know, will will the I don't know the particular dwarf cherry she's talking about. You know how some of the dwarf trees have very short extensions, and so it may not espalier that well. I'm not sure. No, probably wouldn't. I just don't know that variety. You could maybe ask the um, Flemings. I don't yeah. know if they've got a helpline or something. That's the only thing that concerns me is it may have super short ex- super short um, branches. Well, you'd probably grow them as shrubs. Uh, yes. It's called, yes. A, it's called a miniature cherry, mm. black cher- cherries. The cherry spelt C H E double R double E. Grows about two point five meters tall. Because some mm. of their special dwarf trees in their range, like the the nectar nectar Z and the pixie, you can't, don't prune them at all. No. Um, you know they're very shrub like. So I just all mm. I mean is that I don't know that particular that particular cherry yeah. that they're selling, and so I don't know what its growth's like. So. Mm. Yeah, um, it's, you might um, need to check yeah, that it's in before. a magazine that 
and I can mm. probably go to their website and yeah. Or otherwise, yes. one of the nurseries that are selling it might be able to advise you as to whether it would be suitable for a spellering. Yeah. Or okay. Not. Thanks for your help. Okay. Good, good, good on you, Sue. Bye. Bye. That number yeah. again. If you'd like to uh, to join the discussion and if you have a gardening question, do give us a call, 94190155. That's 94190155. Loretta, you were telling me about oh. this amazing rock wall that you've had to completely dismantle yes. and then rebuild. Oh. <laughs> yes. Well, no, it was, um, it was a bit of a scary one. And, I mean, I generally go in and just start and build a wall but this had been built twice uh, by someone else and uh, I don't know them, so that was fine. But it still, I must say, it didn't feel nice going in and, and taking down someone else's work, mm. but it wasn't right. And uh, so we went in, we took it down, but it was sort of, we're talking about 40 metres by 4 metres in height. 4 metres high? Yeah. It's a massive it's wall. It's a very big wall. Wow. And the cut was, it was behind a house and it was not very battered at all. So it was very much a matter of uh, a jigsaw puzzle, really, because it was quite vertical. So there's a lot of rock. I tried to create as many gaps as I could up to, say, two and a half metres so I could do some planting because mm. I'm always thinking plants, of course. So, But we, we took it down and great patience, 14-tonne machine. We needed to take this because we're talking about you know, rocks that are three ton. So it's mm. it's really a, a big job. Three ton rocks at the, yeah. at the base or something. At, at the base, yeah. yeah. So um, it was a bit of a challenge, and slowly but surely, over five days, we sort of estimated five days, and I was very very proud, thinking <laughs> it took five days uh, of moving it, and and just every single rock was put in a different position. But once again, starting as you do with your large rocks at the base, Mm. moving up the wall and and linking them together. And I mean, the shame of it was the fact that you looked at the most spectacular rock and to see anyone can put rock together, Mm. but how it looks is another thing. And I mean, we had big rock on top of small rock and, and things like that. We had rock that was two and a half metres long by 600 square so things like that, that we had a couple of those which we made some beautiful seats out of um, in within the wall. And so it was a really, it was a great challenge. But mm. I must say, day five, we were pretty, we were eating, drinking, sleeping rock. And uh, <laughs> both of us had really had enough. Um, and there, there's quite a few other areas we did as well, which when we came in initially, we, we started off on this first area and there were rock uh, that really should have been used for steps. Uh, rock that was what would I say, fifteen hundred square by two to three hundred thick. Mm. So beautiful rock in that respect. It was mm. a pink mudstone. This one, mm. which um, I don't use a lot of. I use a lot of different species, but um, I do call them species. <laughs> <laughs> where, where does that come from? Pink mudstone. Uh, pink mudstones up around um, Mansfield. Okay. That way. So, the, and your pink and yellow come from different mm. areas around that area. So. Uh, we we took and they had been put on an embankment that size, if you imagine fifteen hundred plus square, and they just laid them on the batter, and that was 
the rock work. Mm. <laughs> so we took them all down. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I redid that and then I think I got my clients' trust and uh, because I, I really understood that it was a big thing to sort of say, oh, we've got to take this down after you've, you've spent They're time very and money. Yeah, so, and I under- how, understood how anxious he was. So we took it down um, and I ended up doing big steps up into his vegetable garden area and, mm. and it was wonderful using that rock to have mm. such grand steps. Mm. And then there was a clothesline area that I uh, had a whole lot of it left over that I used and I made a big paved area, mm. which for the clothesline. So, of course, then my client said to me, well, his wife was loving this and I usually put in a nice big fat rock for the wash basket and <laughs> all, all that sort of stuff. So it's all looking fabulous. And he said, well, what about me? I need a dance floor too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's the next stage. We'll be doing <laughs> further down, fire pit and uh, fire pit and we do lots of fire pits yep. and whatnot in various species of rock. So, mm. right. Yeah. Mm. Wonderful. Mm. I, always, I always worry about... Um, Drainage with rock walls and yep. water getting down in behind yep. the rock wall. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than not, I had a at our house. Um, <clears throat> we had a, a bluestone um, rock wall. Yep, and um, over time, <coughs> this wasn't built by us. This was before we yep. bought the house, and uh, we'd had a lot of a lot of problems with um, flooding in Eltham that yes. particular year, yep. and the water had got in behind the rock wall. Next thing we knew. Hello, the wall's starting <laughs> yeah, to sort of, yep. and 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 half of it collapsed. Yes, yeah, oh, and that's mortared in. I'm assuming. Uh, yes, yes, it was. Yeah, but not very, not very well. It had been there for yeah. a while. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm only saying that. In I mean, obviously, I don't mortar in anything. Yep. It's no. just rock freestanding. No, no, but it had so, been mortared. Yeah, yeah. 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 So well, mortaring it is more dangerous for that, obviously, yes. because it, mm. it, it becomes a tank, and so you get a huge amount of water pressure behind it. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. So, um, what you're doing is quite different mm, in yep, that it's mm. um, permeable. Yeah, absolutely. So you don't yeah. get that build up, pressure build up. Yeah, well, this had been put in as a retaining wall when mm. they put in a pool yeah. next to it. So it was yep. on the top side of the pool. Mm. And um, we ended up having to get in the pool and lift up all these bluestone yep. Yep. Uh, that it all yeah. collapsed into the pool itself. Yes. So, wow. Well, where mm. the cut was in actual fact for this, a huge cut behind this house, and then it's higher again. So they are still having water that comes from up higher, say six metres, um, on the top of the hill. So they're below the top of the hill. Mm. Um, and they had a swimming pool in that backyard area. Uh, it's a it's big a property. steep block. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Well, it's had it sort of had cuts all over the place and they're backfilled. And, um, but when was it? We had that really heavy rain. Was it March? And... Uh, the pool nearly flooded. So below our wall, we've got um, Aggie and Scoria above the wall and then we have the wall and then we've got below the base of that we have Aggie drains as well with Scoria and to sort of drain it out. So, I mean, there's always going to get water in through mm. there but we've done the best we can to mm. um, not have the water problem. That's <coughs> yeah. what it's yeah. really been. The wall has been about the water problem. Yeah. I would have perhaps liked to have had more batter because it is pretty intense, but now it's planted. Mm. Um, that bit of greenery. It's, mm. um, so now Beautiful. it's the rabbits. We <laughs> <laughs> the next stage of <laughs> what do we build to stop the rabbits coming? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 rabbit-proof wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. mm. Okay, we must get to some of our callers. First up, we have Alan, who's in Heidelberg. Good morning, Alan. 
Good morning, Pam. Good morning, panel. Um, you were discussing about uh, woolly aphids on yes. apple trees. And um, I'm with the Heritage Fruits Society. Oh, good. We're, up, mm. we're hopping over at um, Petty's Orchard over at Templestone. And I'm heading out there this morning for our um, work bee today. Um, basically, um, the various uh, rootstocks are what causes most of the woolly aphids. And you'll find M9, M20, M7, M27 um, are the culprits for the woolly aphids. M9 being one of the worst, which is a dwarf rootstock, mm. followed by M27, which is a very, very dwarf stock. And so really, um, they're the main culprits um, of um, the woolly aphids in most fruit mm. trees. So okay. If you're going for various, um, once you buy around the place, you don't know what the rootstocks are. Mm. No, um, that's, that's true. Shame. There's it, never it, information on that. Yeah, I think mm. a lot of mine yeah, are M9. I think. Sorry? I think a lot of mine are M9. That's what yeah, Woodbridge M- we're M9 using. Yeah, um, a bit of a... Bit of a culprit. So it's, a, mm. it's about a um, six foot high um, tree. When you, you don't really prune it that, that hard. Mm. Um, anyway, um, but um, but a lady was asking about Palm Denise. Uh, I've got one in my garden, and um, we've got um, plenty of um, sign for sale or grafting on um, our grafting days after you know, in August, through Sunday in August. And Pam, you should come over sometime to our um, on a Wednesday to our working bees. Um, right. Have a look around, and we'll show you around. And, um, um, and if you look at the Heritage Fruits with an S, Fruit Society, mm. um, on our website you'll find the links there um, with all the different um, uh, problems with various apple trees. Okay. Um, and so we've got 250 varieties over there, so, um, and we're also affiliated with the Werribee one as well. So um, mm. uh, we both work with hand-in-hand, hand and um, we're setting up also plums and so forth. So Excellent. It's well well worth just looking at their website. And yep. um, anyone wants to come to our working bees, today's one, uh, the first Sunday of the month. And if you have your barber Wednesdays, Monday, and the first win, Monday, um, beg your pardon, the first Wednesday on, uh, and the third Wednesday of the, uh, the month as well. So always looking for volunteers to help out and learn about apple trees and yep. um, various fruits. So, what, so, sort of, what sort of times, Alan? Uh, well, we go Sunday mornings. Um, I go about about ten o'clock. Yep. Um, to about two-ish, and some people arrive about nine in the morning. Okay. Depending on, uh, we're flexible. Um, we just hang around and talk, and then it's a bit like a, a men and girls shed. Yep. And we discuss what's going on, and have a yarn, and talk Terrific. about fruit. And Terrific. Terrific. Do you have a do you, do you have a date yet in August? Um, the first Sunday normally. Um, but I mean, I mean for the um, when you're having yes, your um, grafting day. Grafting day. Sorry, the first um, Sunday in August. Right. August the time. August is always um, our grafting days. Okay. We tend to um, go from um, uh, our at Petties and Templestowe. Um, then we go over to um, Ceres as well, do some over there. Okay. Um, we wander around and just um, graft wherever we find a place to do it. Yep. But they're, they're on our website, um, so we always post where we're going to be. Uh, but um, it's usually three or four days in August. Mm-hmm. Um, good chance to go and buy some good varieties. Absolutely. Good, um, good on. Yep. And um, those who want to learn how to graft, come along and um, during the year or during the uh, during August and observe and follow and get into it. It's good fun. Fantastic. So if people just look up Heritage Fruit Society, it's Fruit Society with fruits with an S. Fruits. Okay. Good. Um, society. Yep. Dot com. Um, dot au. And um, it's all there. Excellent. Okay. Oh. Good on you, Alan. That's excellent. Alan, well, just, over, just, just before you go, Alan, yes. so what would you – so for my situation, a lot of home gardeners mm-hmm. and the reason why I went with um, M9, not that they're all um, bad. No, they're not. No. Um, 
what you know, obviously the best for a home garden is if you can have lots of varieties that you're keeping relatively small because then you don't get the feast and the famine. Correct. Um, so in rootstock, I mean, what would you be saying, you know, would be the best to go with? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm running, <coughs> I'm doing a lot of Aspelia like you are, Evan, and um, I'm, I'm using 26. Okay. Um, which is a bit, um, bit more resistant. Yes. And um, if, if you do an Aspelia, you can really can control, as you know, the um, amount of uh, laterals mm-hmm. coming off the main trunk. And um, you get a nice thick trunk and it becomes right, quite resistant to woolly aphids. Right. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've tried a couple of smaller ones and um, just, just aerated. I, I usually, usually do a good um, 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 shape pruning. Mm-hmm. So I open it up and keep the wind going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people who do buy the very dwarfs, um, the M27, um, they don't really prune it properly, really. Um, and so they don't really um, get the air through the actual um, scion wood. I think that's the one that Woodbridge call the <laughs> step-over trees. Step-over, do they? Yeah, I think that's, that's yeah. on M27. Yeah, it's, um, it, is, it is quite susceptible, um, but M9's the worst. Um, we've actually got a, on our side a, a good little um, um, information sheet there um, set up from the Department of Agriculture in New South Wales there with the various... Um, uh, rootstocks. Mm. It sounds and really useful to me. Mm. It does, yeah. Mm. So you're selling rootstocks as well? Uh, no, we have, we have to actually buy it in ourselves. Mm. We can't afford um, the time to actually um, do a proper rootstock. Because getting good rootstock these days, it's hard to do it. There's not many barns that um, producers. They were down um, Western Port, that, that area down there, and um, and down Gippsland, but most of them are sort of um, going away. Mm. So it's mm. hard to get good rootstocks. So most of them are doing M26. Mm. Which is a bit, um, you know, a medium-sized tree. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger, isn't it? Than yeah, it nine. is. But um, yeah. if 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 you prune it really well, give it a two years' growth, and then always prune in summer, of course, and um, so you tip off that um, winter water shoots. If you do it in spring, it's bad news, um, mm. and you can control the tree really, really well. Mm. well I've, I've got our trees down to about two meters now, one and a half, mm. so picking height. Yes, that's um, where mine are at too. Yeah, and. Um, We've got various types of, um, if you come out, you'll see different um, types of um, uh, weight of pruning trees. We've got um, seven different um, areas of, uh, over the years, of different espaliers, not espaliers, um, various, um, I can't think of the word now, sorry. Um, Trellising. Anyway, yeah, the, the different types of, um, um, yeah. of um, trailing, you know, the different mm. trellises and so forth. Mm. Um, but um, I, I think a, a well-pruned tree is the best solution. Mm. Um, and definitely winter pruning. As soon as the fruit comes off, give it a chop. Give it, you know, I, I always say to people, um, if it's, be, be a possum. And as, as, <laughs> as, You'd as, have as, no fruit. As, as, the, as the leaf comes along, just go along and nip it off, <coughs> and you hold it back down. Yep. And um, that's the best way. And then really don't do, don't do winter pruning. That's the worst problem, and they, they, they get out of control. Sorry, don't do winter pruning. Yeah, do no, your summer you pruning. Summer pruning always, yeah. Yeah, yeah so um, I tend to prune um, as the fruit's finishing up on most of them. Oh, yeah, I'm exactly. Pretty random. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I must say I'm pretty random, but oh, right, uh, yeah. you know, mm. forgetful. But uh, well, that, yeah. that does help a lot, I think. If, if you've got a medium from seed and fruiting, like um, March, April, or sort of thing, soon that comes up, you can have a go. Mm. But even though, even though you might have a load, I've got a couple of yates growing at the moment, Yates always, um, I'm ready to pick them next month. Mm. Uh, yes. But I, I keep them down and I just, I just go along and I see the, 
the shoot growing from um, March to well, to now, and I go along with the and just my fingers and just nip out the um, the little growth, mm. keep mm. them down, and then because I think if I prune, if I prune, it's going to be winter. Which is bad news, so I, I, just, I just keep at them all the time. Yeah, I find the deer do mine. Yeah, hey, it was you know when they're little, it was rabbit, and it was like just goes on and on. But the mm. deer are shocking, yeah. shocking, mm. shocking everywhere. Well they're, well, they're a good pruner anyway to breed deers. Anything, yeah. <laughs> providing they're not doing a fruit, of course. The fruit yeah, they've got the height. <laughs> they're taller well, than me. Yeah, that's it. Are they keeping a nice shape for you? Not quite. No. <coughs> anyway, I'll leave it there. And, um, okay. Have a little heritage fruits with an S society. Mm. Excellent. And, um, there's information there. Fantastic, Alan. Thank you so Thank much. You. Okay, Bye. all the best. Bye. Right, moving on, we have uh, Pam who's out in Coburg. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. Um, I, I'd just like to add something to that last discussion about the woolly aphid first, yep. but I have a separate question. Sure. Um, I got advice from one of the rootstock growers because of I had a whole row of M9 apples or apples on M9 rootstock and bad woolly aphid. And he suggested an intergraft so that you use something mm. quite resistant like M, I think it was M102 that I ended up using. Mm-hmm. And then you graft M9 because I wanted those characteristics as a dwarf growing tree. Mm but with large fruit, which is the full-size fruit, which is what M9's so good for. That's and right. And so you, mm. you do a intergraft of M9, and it has to be about 150 um, millimetres long mm. in order that the bark can't sort of join from the bottom to mm. above it. And then you graft onto that the variety you want, and you get that woolly aphid resistance, plus you get that, uh, size and the fruit characteristics of the end. That's amazing. I've yeah, never that's, heard that's of That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that was Jim Roachford, I think was his name. He's just gone out of business, but been okay. in it for years and years growing rootstocks commercially. Right. And um, I haven't got them all done yet, but it's, I've, it's what I'm aiming for because I've got about 20 M9s planted quite closely along my side feet. Mm-hmm. So I get a good range of apples. Excellent. Can you just repeat again the intergraft variety? 102. Oh, got, oh. No, so you, yeah, you, you start off with a, diff- a root stock that's woolly aphid resistant. So yeah. I think it was M102. Okay. But you can get that off charts. The smallest of the woolly aphid resistant root stocks, then you graft onto that M9. M9, yep. Mm. And then you graft onto the M9, the variety, the variety that you, you actually yeah. want. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Fantastic. Excellent. No, I've never heard that before. That's mm. wonderful. No, it's um, he was a pretty smart guy. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> for what it's worth, it means a lot. You really have to be doing your grafting yourself to be mm. able to do Oh, that. yes. Mm. Wouldn't it be great if some growers could produce something like that? I hope some of them are listening. <laughs> well, they may be. <clears throat> you know, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, I think most of them, most of the development is more to do with um, them getting the rights over the trees too it's not freely given out but this no. is just old-fashioned knowledge yep yeah yep yeah okay that's fantastic right, so, thank you so really really amazing information mm-hmm. back to yeah. the gall wasp okay so gall wasp um i live in coburg there's thousands of lemon trees around covered in gall wasp mm-hmm. so yes. it's an infested area yes mm-hmm. my problem is that i want to get some citrus 
to plant up at my daughter's place at Lancefield, which has no gall wasps. Okay. Wow. And Let's all move finding... to Lancefield. <laughs> we don't have it either. Really? No, Let's lots move of to places Lancefield. don't. Gee. Uh, you know, yes. there's scattered areas throughout Melbourne that yeah. have it. Yes, Macedon don't have it either. Far. Mm. Really? So what I'm trying to find out is a nursery or grower that might be... Um, have resist or not have any in their stock because I've bought from mm. local nurseries around Melbourne mm. and ended mm. up I've got a native finger lime that ha- I cut had to cut back by three quarters in its first year mm. and then by another three quarters so I've now got two tiny little branches coming right they're covered in it yes. and buying from a nursery yes. so I'm just um, trying to get any suggestions or advice as to how I might be able to take something up to Lansfield that hasn't got it. Couldn't you? Good luck. Couldn't you um, maybe research out a, a nursery that's in one of those um, gall-free areas? Mm. Well, that's uh, that's sort of what I'd like to do, but um, I don't know what the areas are particularly. No, they're probably all coming from. I think the suppliers. Well, I know one major one comes from Mildura. Like I don't. I don't know that the suppliers, the growers, are in resistant areas. Yeah, because they do. No, they do all seem right. to come with yep. it for sure. Mm. Yeah. So no suggestions oh. as to how I might deal with that. Yeah, I I think I'd look at some of the growers. Certainly out our way, um, we don't Which have is it. Where uh, Upper Beaconsfield, um, Listerfield, you know, round there, and there oh, are yeah. some. You might be able to get some. Some grower, you know, some. Oh, actually, there is a grower. Um, Citrus they're growers. all wholesale, though. That's all I'm sort of thinking. The, the places I know are all sort of wholesale places, but I imagine. Mm-hmm. But if you specified where you wanted to come from, maybe your local nursery would mm-hmm. then could supply buy it, it in yeah. for you. So Clyde Nursery certainly mm. uh, grows citrus. Um, yeah. And I imagine that that's their, they would be pretty clean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you want bigger stock, um, speciality oh, look, trees. I'm, ha- I'm happy with whatever size it is. Yeah, well, <laughs> just okay. to get that. Yeah, speciality tree. Speciality trees grow um, a range of citrus now, and you know they're sort of out my way. So I imagine yeah. they should be good. I've I've not had any issues, and I know there is a citrus farm. You know, growing lemons in uh, uh, in officer. And uh, I remember talking to him one day about it, uh, and he said, "Oh no, we've never had that. Wow, never, ne- in, <laughs> oh, yeah, gee. never had the problem." So yeah, I just it thought it was everywhere because I don't uh, go anywhere where it's not. To my <laughs> way of thinking, yeah. it seems to be something that uh, maybe requires a bit of a warmer climate. Yeah, and when so, you're saying that, I was wondering yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, because mm. in a city, of course, it's mm, it's yeah. hopeless. I mean, mm. you just yeah. can't grow. You just can't yeah. grow. Well, you um, can. Yeah. You just have to. <clears throat> Be um, vigilant. Yeah, be, yeah, you yeah. definitely can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm fairly it's vigilant, but mm. um, if it's quite infested when you get it, that's yeah, why difficult. I've had to sort of yeah. almost annihilate this tree because yeah. yeah. I got it. I bought it not at the time that they were spreading, so it didn't come from mine. Mm. It didn't come locally, mm. but it came in and on it. Can be quite depressing. This. I'm interested <laughs> yeah. that the finger limes uh, have it. I, yeah, I, oh, I've had yes. mine get it as yes. well. Yes, they really. Mine's had I, it I too. haven't grown finger limes, but I would have thought because kumquats, <laughs> I know that's kind of kind of. No, but the finger lime is actually the original. The native limes that are the original host. Sorry, what was that? The native limes are the original hosts for. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. are they? Oh, yeah. it, right. it definitely comes from um, New South Wales. Yeah, does right. so. Yeah, yeah. Where they so that's their host or their original host band. Oh, damn the natives. Natives. So they are. So there you go. That does tell you that they are a warmer climate thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That came yeah. down about twenty or twenty-five years so ago. Did I think. Someone mentioned Macedon before, or yes, that yes, that might be a possibility too. Yes, it is because um, Stephen Ryan has citrus, and he's never had. Gall wasp mm. on any of his oh, citrus. Yeah. I wonder okay. if there's any growers up there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's probably not commercial growers, but there might uh, be. No, no. No, I but there might be wholesale that. nurseries that are growing some citrus. That's, yep. that's probably your best bet. So, there are, there's a large tree nursery in Romsey, isn't there? Um, Again, they're mm. wholesale, so you'd probably need to go to your, you won't be able to go to those places directly. You, you'll be able to um, talk to your local nursery about getting. Stock, stock in, mm. yeah. Depends where they get their stock from. That you'd need to. You'd kind have of, to specify. Yeah, no, you'd specify yeah, that. Okay, yeah. I'd like the stock to come from you mm. know uh, specifically yeah, an area where we don't have it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was being concerned that they might get it from somewhere else. Yeah, like you'd have, Mildura, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, like as in nurse, as nurseries, even wholesalers mm. do. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, only one other comment. Not that this was part of your question. Well, it sort of relates to your question. It's not your direct question, but um, because it's so prevalent, because I'm in Pasco Vale South near you, Pam. Um, yeah. I actually made a YouTube video which has, if you can excuse the poor production values of it, <laughs> I made one on so on Gaul on citrus gall wasps specifically because I was so sick of um, um, repeating the same information over and over to people about how to manage it just because it was so frequent, the question. And so I made a a video. So um, it's under Karen Sutherland's YouTube. There's not that many videos. There's one on avocado growing and one on citrus gall wasps, not much else. Yeah. (laughs) Never got much further. Locally, we've got a little three-person crew here who trying to talk neighbours into letting us prune their trees at the right oh, time lovely. and all yeah. of that sort of yeah. stuff, yeah. trying to manage it a bit better. But still, mm. I'd hate to take it to somewhere like Lansfield mm. and introduce it. Mm. That's the main thing. That um, mm. That's a great thought, mm. you know. Mm. Absolutely. Be, yeah, thinking like that. Maybe mm. nurseries should be advertising themselves that way or... To just go wasp free. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, you know, oh. Daphne's, you know, being virus free. I mean, it's mm. sort of a mm. similar mm. thing, isn't it? Mm. So, you know, you couldn't buy Daphne's for a few years not that long ago just because yep. mm. they didn't have any virus free stock. Mm. Clyde. So I, I think, I mm. think uh, Pam, if you can manage to maybe phone some mm. of these growers, ask yep. the questions, and. Um, and then get your local nursery to order in yes, specifically from one of the growers. To short circuit all that working. Yeah, I know. You know, if someone knew about yeah. it. But yes, mm. I'm certainly prepared to do that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Right. Uh, let me see. Next up, we have uh, Rose, who's out in Bentley East. Good morning, Rose. Oh, good morning. Um, I have several blueberries, but the one, this one in particular. I want to know, would it, I be able to plant it in a 40-centimetre pot or would it be better to go into the ground? No, I've, blueberries do really mm, well mm, in pots. Mm, I've seen them do really best well. yeah. in pots, to be yes. honest. Yeah. Really? Mm. Yes. I know, it surprised me. They had to thrive. Wow. There are other people's. I thought, oh, I don't know how they'll go, and I'd go back months later, and the thing was covered in fruit. Yeah, mm. yeah. So I use mm. a big self-watering pot, you know, with a water yeah, well base. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. perfect. Mm. Yep. Okay then. Thank you. That's that's 
fine. Okay. That's Just lots. remember they need a, an acidic soil. Oh, yeah. I've got lots of compost mixed in it and manures and it's been sitting for a while. So. Okay. Yeah, hopefully oh. it'll be good. Yep. No, it should, it should go, do well. Okay, thanks very much. Okay, bye. bye. It's, it's one of the easiest fruits to grow, isn't it? And, yeah. and the most delicious. Blueberry? Yeah. Really? Blue- in a pot, maybe. Not in the ground. Oh, not the okay. I, I plant everything in the ground. Yeah. Um, it's not I, the I, easiest to grow. Oh, isn't it? Well, not in the garden I have anyway. <laughs> oh, or not, yeah. And lots, not lots of people's gardens. Well, maybe if you've got competition in a smaller garden, that might make mm. it more difficult. Mm. But mm. I literally mm. just chuck them in and they grow. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's your soil being really acidic. Must or... be all that horse yeah. poo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're definitely not easy to grow in okay. the inner city as much, but, but they, they thrive in pots. Yep. Right. So, okay. And why do you think that is? Is it root competition from other things that, that or shade? Or, or it's very specific beds. Or they say, well, they seem to do better with really, really adequate moisture, like lots and mm. lots of moisture. Yes. But all the other berries I find much easier to grow. Yeah, like raspberries and things. Yeah, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Raspberries, mm. thornless blackberries, young berries, thornless mm. loganberries. Yeah. But, yeah, blueberries are the ones that I last wow. advise people to grow. But in, really? in a pot, not too bad. Yeah. Oh, oh golly. Right. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So it must be your climate. You need to move to Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been to Ruffins, but I've been to where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> Haven't lived. Okay, you are listening to the 3CR Gardening Show. In the studio this morning, we have Karen Sutherland, Evan Golke and Loretta Childs. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We're running through until 9.15, so time to jump on the phones and ask a gardening question. That number again is 94190155. That's 94190155. Zero one double five. We're going next to uh, to Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Karen, Evan, and Loretta. Um, I'm ringing in. I rang in briefly last week to tell people that there it's International Permaculture Today. Yes, today, today really. Yes, Happy is. International Permaculture and, uh, Day, everybody. One of the events yeah. is the Food Forest in Ashburton is having a strawberries fun and growing food on Permaculture Day between oh. eleven and three p.m. And there's and they're going to have all sorts of information and games and chats and sell stra- little uh, alpine strawberry plants. And apparently they've got some white strawberries and Siberian wood strawberries as well. And, Ooh, never heard of them. And, uh, Siberian wood strawberries. <laughs> and they're going to have a mini food swap. So if people want to find out uh, exactly where it is, it's in Winton Road in Ashburton and near Gardner's Creek. And they would need to just put into uh, Google uh, Ashburton Food Forest and that'll find the website. Which there's a WordPress website and there's also a Facebook page on it as well. Excellent. So that's 11 till 3 today. 11 till 3 today, yep. Wonderful. Okay, thanks okay, for thank that, you. Jeff. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Um, what have you been working on recently, Evan? You said you've planted out this huge oval. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been involved with it yeah. as a as a uh, as a parent of the school. Oh, okay. Um, so, but Tea there, they of, must be happy to have you at the school. Well, the, <laughs> well, it's been quite useful because one of the other For parents <laughs> looks after all the AFL ovals across the country. Oh, so, wow. um, oh, he's goodness. been fairly useful wow. as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's so a happy it's, school. It's a happy <laughs> school, yeah. So, oh, yeah, no, that, that's just been a fantastic process, uh, long and arduous and very technical, though. I've learnt a mm. lot about, you know, 
bridging factors between gravels and sands and oh, what, what types of sands. I used to think turf was, not interrupting your story, but I used mm. to think turf was so, like at, when we were apprenticeship school, trade school, we used to think, oh, the turfies, what do they know, you yeah, know? Yeah, what do they know? And then I went to Burnley and met the guy who looked, who was like head curator of the turf at MCG and I was um, very surprised at how technical <laughs> that is. And I, yeah. I um, yes, sort yeah. of retreated back and thought, hmm, okay, those turfies are actually pretty clever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yes, it's um, extremely technical, isn't it? It is extremely mm. technical in order to have just you know the perfect um growing conditions mm. and so on and yeah no that's been wonderful um i'm working on um quantum victoria is a school within a school at latrobe uni um, what's it called sorry quantum victoria mm. so it's a it's a stem school you know science technology engineering maths okay. it's places where school groups come for a week at a time and oh right you know get get uh, involved and sort of completely surrounded by STEM subjects, mm. um, trying to promote them. So there was a, a sort of a competition for for doing a new science courtyard for there. And I don't mm. actually really build anything anymore, but they were um, they were insistent that it had to be a design construct. So and I was pretty desperate for the job, so I took it. Yeah, it's heaps of fun. I mean, I, I went for it and, and yeah. I managed to win it. And that, that yeah, it is fun. Mm. It is really fun because the people are so enthusiastic about, mm. you know, about science and, yep. and technology and so on. So um, so that's really interesting. So I'm doing a, um, a big sort of steel pergola that will have laser cut uh, um, words and everything sciencey in it, so it'll all reflect oh, down fantastic. onto the ground and yeah. reflect onto the walls with the sun. So it's all shadow fantastic. play. Wow. I think I think um, we're both yeah. quite envious. All of us, what a project! Yeah, it's a great Sounds project. Great. So when when people come out into this courtyard, they should be completely enveloped in sciencey stuff, <laughs> <laughs> which I think will be will be it's really great. really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really interesting project. What's on um, the ground to kind yeah, of what's the take the, the, the uh, on the on the ground, I'm, I'm trying not to disturb what's there. So there's reasonable concrete paving and so on that's yep. already there because the building isn't all that old. So I'm trying to do it as lightweight and, and so on as possible so yep. that I'm not really interfering with yep. much on the ground and to keep the cost down. Uh, so it's a nice, even surface, which is all you need yes. To, yes. to throw mm. nice shadows. So mm. the good thing about it is that for years, Claire and I, my colleague that I designed with, um, we've been trying to do shadow stuff in playgrounds okay. yeah. for a long time. We've got all sorts of contraptions, you know, that I've half built um, <laughs> for for designing things mm. um, and budgets have never, ever spread to mm. allow it. Yes. Um, so that was why I was so desperate for the job because I thought I can control this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so so that's going to be really lovely and hopefully, you know, it'll be, it'll, it'll sort of prove that what I'm trying to do and then I'll Fantastic. be able to do it in other yes. other places. So, yeah, doing that. Um, what sort of height is the um, pergola? The pergola uh, it's going to be 3.2 metres to the okay. bottom of it. Yep. Um, yeah, because the building itself is quite tall. So, yeah. yeah, it's sort of, you know. But uh, look, it works really well. Shadows mm. through laser cut oh, yeah. things works brilliantly because yep. it's very sharp. Absolutely. So you get very sharp. Size. So we've made, um, you know, dragonflies and bees and mm. all sorts of things over the years mm. that have never, well, you know, you sort of make a prototype so you can design it. Sometimes yep. easier just to make it, yep. you know, and then design it off what you've made. Mm. Um, so I've got a few of those things at home that I've <laughs> <laughs> half built that um, then didn't end up going through. So it's going to be lovely to get that. Mm. And there'll be perspex and so on as well to give yeah. give colour to some things. So, yeah. you know, if you're doing a water molecule, you see you can have, um, oh, I forget what the colours are now, you know, maybe the oxygen are blue and the um, uh, and the hydrogen are 
white or something like that. So you can get the colours mm. by putting those colours over yeah. the top of the... Yeah. Anyway, so that's not a very planty thing. Um, mm. uh, there's a new... I, I'm just thinking of that whole concept, though, going into a, into a school garden. Mm. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be exciting? Oh, yeah. it will be. I'm sure mm. it will be. Yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. There's going to be QR codes everywhere as well so mm. that... So that uh, kids can so the the Quantum Victoria website will support all these um, QR codes, so kids can go up to them and, and press them. So we'll do a few plants, like we'll do some plants that like Darwinia. I'll plant. Yeah. Yes. So then oh. we can have a QR code <laughs> next to Darwin. You know, yes, things yeah. like that. So, but obviously it can't be all horticultural <laughs> and botanical. So mm. uh, it's got to be the the range of things. But yeah, I think it's a fascinating yep. concept. It's whole. integrating. I mean, it's yeah. still integrating mm. all those elements, isn't yeah. it? Which is- yeah. So I encourage Fantastic. any schools to inquire yeah. about Quantum Victoria and, and send their kids because mm. you're watching what kids, they do. High, it's high school, school yeah. kids, yeah. What they do in there is fantastic. And I won't go into it now, but they have all these kind of code-cracking games that okay. that wow. are full on with big yeah. audio-visual things in this theatre and um, and you can see the kids running around mm. in white suits, you know, yep. because there's some bacterial <laughs> yep. plague that's affecting the earth. And mm. it's fantastic stuff. And all the people Sounds there brilliant. are incredibly enthusiastic yeah um yeah so that that doing that um i look there's a school out at taylor's hill west that's um out at tender now um doing a sports precinct precinct below that now we have actually just got the middle section to do uh the architects informed me on friday that we're doing the middle sections so we'll be able to combine and my thing with these schools is to plant as many trees as possible mm. so i'm um, really looking forward to so one yeah, thing this... I remember from meeting you previously mm. was trees, trees. Trees, trees, trees. <laughs> it's what it's all about. It came back know. to me. How many trees can you plant? And, uh, you know, because if you lose 40%, you want to still have a fantastic result because if you go into any really old schools, it's the odd really massive tree that it makes is. the school. Yeah. And so you, you just need, uh, you know, so if you can plant lots of them. Um, Even you if you're cursed trying it. to get anything growing underneath the things. Yeah, well, so you, you <laughs> but, just don't you know, get anything growing yeah. under them. Yeah, That's just so the way it is. But the shade um, and, yeah. Yeah, so Keysborough College, I'm doing There's two campuses there. And, and, and there, you know, the budget is very tight. So instead of planting one tree every six metres, it's better to plant a clump of trees mm. that later you can put, you know, like picnic tables in. Mm. Yep. So because then you get the shade oh, yeah. within two years. Yes. You've got yep. shade quickly. Whereas yep. if you plant a tree every six metres and one dies, mm. oh, mm. Yeah. you've got 12 metres between mm. them. You had two dies, you've got 18 yep. metres yes. between. Mm. And so it's just long term doesn't doesn't always yep. work, work, I think. Mm. Talking about um, trees in schoolyards, when, when I was um, – uh, part of the judging team with Victorian Schools Garden Awards, mm. we'd go out into into some of the um, more rural areas, some of your country schools, and they've all got the old peppercorn tree yes. there <laughs> in the ground. Yes. It's quite incredible. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but amazing. I mean, those mm, trees beautiful. look fantastic. They mm. really do. Mm. Oh, yeah. They do. Yeah, and they have that great fragrance, don't they, yes. as well? Yeah. yeah, and they're so gnarly and yeah. and so on. Yeah. But that, that's what makes trees. That's what kids yeah. remember. They don't that's remember right. the, the great school building. Totally. They remember oh, the tree. Yeah. I remember playing in the peppercorn yeah. trees on my mm. uncle's farm, yeah, and all yep. the cicadas and the spiders in the bark. <laughs> and, yeah, like, that's Ooh, right. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed yeah. to when you come into Yarra Glen now where they've you come down the hill on the Eltham Yarra Glen Road, you get down to the intersection there, 
and they took out all the old oaks. Mm. There were about five old oaks mm. they took out because just beyond that they were building an, a little mini estate. Mm-hmm. So that's your entrance. And mm. then mm. I see, you know, a few months later, they've put some new oaks in. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, so we only have to wait another 100 years yep. yeah, and we'll yeah. be right. Yep. Yeah. I, it was just incredulous. You How just, did they get away with that? No, it just I seems have no idea. They left bizarre. a couple up one end, but that entrance is now sort of – Two metre, oh, not even that, a metre and a half high mm. oaks, which they ancient oaks, mm. as you can imagine. Yeah. It's a tragedy. Yeah. So that's what you see is a paling fence and a tiled roof on your entrance into Yarra yeah. Glen. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think, uh, I think in uh, defence of housing estates, the tree planting in housing estates, certainly out my way now, is magnificent. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, you just don't – for many years their housing estates were terrible. Yeah. But in the mm. last ten years, mm. they plant oh, very. You mean that, like the street tree yeah, planting? The street tree yeah, planting. Yeah. There's not so much room in the houses themselves to no, have a no, tree, no. but well, the streets to, at least have some. Yeah. They tend to have very wide verges they in do. a lot of yeah, them, true. and so there's there's a lot of trees being planted. A lot of those places mm. in another twenty years. The median time will yeah. be with trees as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Even out at Lorimer, you'll find that mm. Mm. that was mm. sort of an early estate. Mm. That they did twenty years ago, and mm. um, it's phenomenal. I yeah. have to say, and yeah. waterways, and yeah. so there is some planning going right. on, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's go to a couple more callers. First up, we have Bronwyn out in Drysdale. Good morning, Bronwyn. Good morning, everyone. Another great program. Um, two things. Number one, um, we're looking after. We do a gardening over at a place called Wallington, which is near Ocean Grove, so kind of near the sea. They've got two huge weeping mulberries. They are now nearly three metres tall by three metres wide. We've come back from holidays and one is tipped over with all the wet and that. Now, I prune it every year. What I want to know is, can I take the top out or will that completely mess it up? Well, it's probably a grafted weeping mulberry. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, the stem would be at least four to five feet. I'm now left with about almost, I'd say almost a metre of gnarling on top of each other where where it's coming out from, which would obviously be the the weeping side of it. Mm. But um, when I started, I used to stand on two steps and trim the top and bring it down. I'm now on a six, seven-rung ladder and can just barely get into the middle. And I thought, can you lop the top off or is, is that all well, where it's going to come from? Potential that the rootstock's growing. Be, um, do you mean it's that it's growing upright? Up? Do you mean there's upright mm. growth? It's just so big now, and oh. I don't know whether I can bring it down. They are, they're, like, oh. they're monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They're big. They're big. But you have to, like like Evan's talking about, they're, they're grafted to be weeping, and so if you take off the point of the graft where yeah. it's coming out of, then you will not. You will just have a mulberry a tree. Mulberry I think they're tree. grafted on white yeah, mulberries gonna, or something. I'm not sure. with, it? Yeah. You won't have anything mm. remotely like you had before, put it that way. Right. Mm. <laughs> so it's just going to be a bit like checking the beanstalk. We'll just... <laughs> potentially. Well, it won't potentially get any... It shouldn't get any taller. It's just It'll... going to get mm. kind of maybe foaming up a little well, bit. Well, probably, yeah, but... the last two years, as I say, it, it's it's really up near the um, three metres. It's over about 12 feet high. Um and it's, you know, getting to a point where trying to prune it manually, um, yeah, yeah. I, as I said, you need a ladder, but I can't even reach almost to the centre because it's because about so three metres wide yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. So why, why do you need to prune it? Uh, well, because you know how they can come out, the, the, um, the branches can come out to the side. Mm. So we keep those up so it's a beautiful um, 
it's a lovely shape, mm. but if you just let it go, there's, the branches actually come out um, 90 degrees and you've got to lock those mm. off to keep your downward branch, branches coming. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky I don't one. You, you've got one, but when the branches come out, you get little ones come out the side, come out sideways, and then they go down, and that's fine when you're starting, but once it's as big as ours, is you get this thing that sticks out 18 inches. Mm. So you could, you've got to lop that off to keep that nice flow like a waterfall. Mm-hmm. You could kind of um, work your way into the centre of it and thin some of the branches maybe because yeah, then you get your ladder a bit yeah, closer. I, I take the all the dead wood out. Um, in but fact, even the live wood. The gnarly bits mm. I'm taking out underneath because they're not doing anything. Mm. It was just, I thought, look, another year or two if it keeps going up and up, um, I'm just not sure how we can manage it. It can't, <laughs> it can't really keep going up and up because it's been grafted at a certain height. Have you considered well, having about um, Well, it, it's grown um, a metre and a half in seven years. Have you thought about getting a professional arborist in who can perhaps come and, and really, you know, he's got the equipment or she. Yes. Um, they have the equipment to get in there and explain what you want. Um, yeah. And, I mean, not I don't mean a tree lopper who comes No, to, no. But no. I really mean oh, look, I someone. I still do it. I was just yeah. wondering that. You know, the people were saying, look, there's two, one either side mm. of the lovely property and mm. it's a front lawn and mm. um, they're looking beautiful and, and what I do each year they're yeah. more than happy with. We were just wondering, is it going to ever stop? Because well, I'd like be I said, surprised though mm. if, you, if you actually got a professional arborist in yeah. who is going to come in there to give it a really good go, a really good cut back to sort of set it up for the next so many years that you can manage it from there. It's yeah. just my thoughts. I mean, it's probably, I think, worth spending the money if they're that important to you to really right. give that a go or consider it anyway. Talk yeah. to someone about it and, and see what they, they mm, think. You might, I mean, it, and I'm not talking about the first person you, you talk to. You might have to really look into getting the right person. Yeah. I, I think I'd also be inclined, a bit like apple trees and so on, I'd prune it in the summer. Mm, to limit its growth a bit, yeah. it's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't prune it in the winter. They've, they've usually well, what's been doing, and, and as I said, it has been working, we've been waiting for all the leaves to drop off because then you can see all these side laterals coming out. Mm. And as I said, well, the last seven, eight years, it's been magnificent. Um, and the shaping is beautiful. It's just like a lovely big bell. It's just, it's not, mm. maybe it's but Evan, getting Evan's... too much good attention and it's just getting, we're just thinking, is this going to keep going? Um, you're saying that, there's a point where it does stop. You will restrict it though if you do it in the if you if you have a go in the summer. I think that yeah, that's ver- Evan's right. You know, voracious yeah. growth. Yeah, because yeah. you're taking and again, out. That's where growth. things come out. You cut it at the same time. Now look, we'll, we'll try that as well. Then thank you. Can I just quickly say too to Evan, if you've ever been down in Geelong, there's a little school, the Tate Street Primary School. About five or six years ago, I got the funding for one of those outdoor gardening yes. um, areas. And um, my husband and I were helping a friend doing that, and she put in seven raised garden beds, and my husband did obelisks of different colours of the rainbow. Oh, nice. And we've been going back every year, and it's just beautiful. It's It's got a um, arboretum, it's got a sand pit area, it's right next to the library, so they all come out. But these seven raised garden beds, they're still there, the colours of the obelisk are still there, and mm. when we first put it in, we did some complementary planting. We put... Um, cherry tomatoes in on the green one we put broad beans on the orange one we put red tomatoes on the purple and it really is and to like you often say you to go back and what are they like 
years down the track. Well, this mm. little one, it's just off the Ballerine Highway. If you're ever down there... I'm there Wednesday. I'm mm-hmm. going to look at Heighton. Oh, right. So well, if you're at Heighton... A, a, new, a new ELC in, in Heighton, so I'm going yeah. there Wednesday. I might... Right. Well, it's, it's, and I'll go and have a look. near the big um, cemetery in, um, mm. I think it's Eastern Cemetery on the Ballerine Highway. Mm. It's still in the main part of Geelong, but it's Tate Street Primary. Mm. It's a little school, and gee, they've done a wonderful job. Mm. But, yeah, if you would... If you're going past, have a look. Yeah, I'll so give it a you, ring. everybody. I'll give uh, a great ring. program. Wonderful. That's thank you. timely for you, Evan. <laughs> that was. <laughs> no worries. Okay, thanks for that. Bye. Bye. Right, let me see. We have uh, Margaret, who's out in Camberwell. Good morning, Margaret. Oh, good morning. Thank you for your program. I really appreciate it today. I've got a chappy coming with a chainsaw. Whoa, I love that. <laughs> Hoping to prune my um, fig tree. It's a little golden fig that actually came from my grandparents' home in Wellington. You were speaking about Wellington. Right. Um, but I've rather let it go. I did have metal hoops put over the top with wire and then it's so strong it's grown through the not why uh, netting all right through mm. the netting it's a very strong tree mm. um, and a friend of mine has a fig tree and she's cut it quite down quite low and she's getting a lot of figs mm. and I'm just wondering whether to cut it down to a, perhaps a meter and a half um, and cut off all the uh, suckers mm. um, and then attach the um, netting again, mm. give it a lot of fertiliser and perhaps it might produce figs again. Oh, absolutely. You can cut them off at the knees. <laughs> the knees. I've Fig se- trees. I've seen them espaliered and they, yeah. they work brilliantly. Oh, yeah, yeah. My wife uh, absolutely loves figs. You know, fruits I. of the so gods. Yes. Yes. Oh, they yeah. are. Oh, yeah. um, good. <laughs> so it is a case of sort of keeping them, keeping them down. I do it selectively. You know, I just take Hello. branches off selectively. Do? Um, over time, but to get it to that point, you might be best just to cut it off at the knees and let it come. You won't get fruit the, the first the year knees. after that. <laughs> oh well, you can cut them off. You can leave a stump really, and they'll reshoot. So you know, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. But um, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you probably don't need to go that drastic. I'm just thinking you've got a guy with a chainsaw. Just leave you know, it there. The, the guy with the chainsaw might want to have a bit of fun, you know. So. <laughs> You're freaking around. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, so just keep keep your low branches yeah. and take take out all the all the sort of very tall yeah, that sounds material. Better. I like that better. Because <laughs> then the lady might have some bit earlier. <laughs> yeah. But you can... Yeah, you can get nice horizontal branches, you know, so if you can mm. sort of keep them mm. going, then yeah. they might only be a metre off the ground, so that makes it really easy to pick. I mean, it's no good having them three metres in the air. No, no um, it's not. I've got lovely, yeah. healthy leaves. I mean, it's mm. a healthy tree, really, mm. really healthy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, do you need to prune uh, guavas? I've got strawberry guavas and pineapple guavas, and they've had a wonderful crop this year, but last year... They didn't have very much. So, sometimes they don't fruit as well. Strawberry guavas, when, how old is your strawberry guava? Oh, it must be about five or six years old. Okay, so it should still it should fruit really well at that stage. I found when mine got a bit taller, the parts that were being pruned more regularly that I was keep, keeping them down to a certain height, that that was where more of the fruiting happened. Hmm. But that's also 
mine are also in quite a lot of shade, so they oh, do. They do right near the footpaths. Yeah, they do seem to respond to being pruned back hard, and they do seem to fruit really well when you do prune them back hard. Pat it back at the top a bit. Yes, yeah, yeah. You will seem to, you do seem to invigorate, reinvigorate the the uh, fruiting of them in that way. But by pineapple guavas, you mean for joas, I'm guessing. Yes, yes. I, I think they've got a few names. I know. They? Yes, they have. Yeah. So, how old are your fajoas? Seven years, okay, so I found that they don't really start fruiting much until about five years old. Whereas, whereas the strawberry guavas will start fruiting, a, you know, in the first I've had year it or so. Lovely lot this year. Yeah, they've both. I think they've both been really good. They've been really good for me anyway this year. Mm, yeah, and I think it was just the moisture in spring and oh, summer that yeah. really, really helped. Got a lovely lot of the fruit trees, and I've only got a quarter acre block and a lot of citrus. And our family have lived here oh since about nineteen thirty nine. So. It's You've got quite a collection by the sound oh, of it. But you, sh- you shouldn't have to really prune for joas. I mean, I do prune mine. Yeah. Uh, well, I say, I say you shouldn't have to prune, but then again, I'm pruning mine every year and I get prolific fruiting. So maybe we'll revise that and say, yes, you could <laughs> lightly prune lightly prune them all over. Yeah. I do that just because I've got no space. Well, I think if you've but, had a, a really good fruiting mm, year this year, I'd only prune very just lightly. Just lightly. It's a light pruning and yeah. I get heaps and heaps of fruit. Yeah. Yeah, so good because they're very delicious. They are. I love them. There's, there's not everyone agreeing here, but I absolutely adore <laughs> fajoas. Uh, the only time I ate fajoas in my lifetime was when I was a Paul Burnley student and there was a tree in a garden that I went to every weekend um, and I ate that as, you know, lunch. Uh, <laughs> I wait for them every year. Like the first fajoas are oh, celebration. Really? Oh, yeah. they're horrible. I love yeah. them. Enjoy your fajoas, Margaret. Yeah. Okay, Margaret. <laughs> Anyway, I'd better thank you for that advice. Okay, I'll ring you up in about 12 months and let you know if I... Okay, yes, you do that. Sounds good. Book it in. Thank you very much. It's a wonderful program. Thank you. Bye, Margaret. Bye-bye. Right, uh, next up we have our good friend Ken in Sunshine. Good morning. Good morning, Pam, and good morning, everybody. And I wanted to make a comment to um, to Lee, Evan, sorry. Yes. I hope... You're going to plant indigenous <laughs> trees to the area too, because mm. we're losing our indigenous mm. plants. Yes, and um, I'm saying to my yep. wife, "See those roses there, yep. and once they go, that's it. We're getting mm. an indigenous plants." And uh, and inquiring what to plant. I live in the west in in, in Sunshine, mm. and they tell us it was only grassland, but I've done a bit of study, and it wasn't. Mm. Wasn't forest. There was trees, yep, and and shrubs. Yeah. And so I'm. That's what I'm doing. I'm not saying you can do it with everything, but it'd be lovely if you could put in a few that are indigenous to the area. Mm. No, absolutely. In all the schools, um, they're primarily indigenous, is what I use. Um, we often have. Um, uh, water swales, you know, which is part of the whole sort of controlling the water on the site, and uh, they get entirely filled up with indigenous. Um, the larger trees, sometimes we use yellow box, which is um, indigenous to out that way. Um, and now I'm just trying to think of the other one that I've been using recently. I think it's eucalyptus albans, mm. which is a which is an indigenous uh, tree, and I saw that growing at that new newish Melton. Botanic gardens, yeah. and, and that, that plant is certainly That's a available. fantastic garden yeah. to visit. Yeah, uh, this is one of the things about what I was saying about planting trees every six meters or every twelve meters. So, budgets are, are tight, obviously, for these of projects, course. and um, 
what I do try to lean toward is uh, smaller, uh, specifying smaller plants, yes. which means that the range available is much greater. So if you're only going with um, uh, larger plant stock to be planted, so that if that's what's in the tender specs, um, you're very limited as to what you can plant because you're limited as to what uh, growers are generally growing. So that's going to be typically things like spotted gum, um, you know, that, um, and, uh, you know, maybe lemon-scented gums and, and those sorts of things. So if you come down in size specifications, you can plant a lot more and you can increase um, the varieties that you can, you can plant. So, no, absolutely, it's a huge aim to um, grow a lot of Indigenous, indigenous material. That's not to say that they are use entirely Indigenous stuff because some areas you might want to have uh, deciduous plants as well, you know, deciduous trees because that might be a better place to sit under. Mm. And so on, or you might just want the winter that, sun that, the winter yeah, sun, yeah, yeah. Mm. so mm. so there's always a mix, but um I would say ninety percent of of what's what I'm putting into new schools is indigenous, or if it's not indigenous, it's certainly victorian that's mm. fantastic. Mm. I just did a big okay, indigenous plant. That's all I wanted to know, and it's, mm. uh, as everybody says, and you know, it's a brilliant program, and there's Good so much, you. so much to learn from every one of you that come on. Thank Good you on very you, much. Bye. Bye. We made yeah. our wedding guests plant indigenous trees for us a couple of weeks ago, so we planted ninety trees oh, well <laughs> at my parents' place. Wow, <laughs> that's fantastic! It is. It's really it's good. wonderful. We're we're getting close to time, so we've got to try and fit in uh, our last caller. We have uh, Elizabeth, who's out in Preston. Oh, morning, morning, Elizabeth. Thank you for taking my call on short notice. Um, um, I'm just wanting to know. I've bought three Daphne. I'm determined to get one to go. I've I've tried them over the years. I had one go beauty last year, but it was pot bound, so I had to repot it, and it died. Once I repotted it. I really want. I've bought three yesterday, and of the of the um, perfume princess sort, and um, they're more hardy. And I'm wanting to know how what sort of soil should I put them into? Should I put them straight into the the ground, or should I put one in a pot, rest into the ground? What what should I do? Well, from my experience, Daphne, the thing that kills Daphne is wet feet. Mm. Right. So if you're if you're over generous with the water, or you've got a water leak, which I remember happened at a school once, we had a water leak, and they uh, the Daphne were dying down the hill, and I was thinking, God, that's weird. Why are they dying? And then we found a water leak, (laughs) a water leak. You know, Mm -hmm. so um, yeah, so that that seems to be all that really kills them. I don't know what Silver Princess is. I tend to plant the regular everyday um, Daphne, Daphne Odora. I know there's one called Eternal Fragrance or yeah, something, yes. and it has no fragrance whatsoever to my way of uh, mm. uh, Well, the, the, with the Eternal Fragrance, um, there's two. There's the white one, mm. and, and the then there's the pink one, and yeah. I've just planted a mass of those, yeah. and there is great fragrance, is there? Yeah. which is good. In and the they pink are or the white or both? In the pink, yeah. particularly, mm-hmm. not so much in the white, mm. which I actually expected it the other way mm. around. But it's a nice it shrub, was, though. It's a, very, it's a great, yeah. hardy shrub mm. and tough, and we're putting mm. them in... Mm. All sorts of gardens yeah. at the moment. Can so, I ask what, what pH the soil should be, please? Ooh, 
I don't think they're that fussy, to be honest. I would have thought if you've got somewhere around, you know, like six to eight, you're probably fine. Okay. Um, But they're they're very tough. Make sure it's the wet that'll kill them. It's it's sort of stagnant soil. you know, not not very friable soil. That's what, okay. That's what the one I bought was called Perfume Princess, and it's a, hmm. a fairly new cultivar from. You get it at Tesselage, and it's sun tolerant, hmm. and it flowers the the entire length of hmm. the stems. It's Beautiful. just hmm. fabulous, and I had a beauty, but it was pot bound, and I really had to get it out the hmm. pot, and that's. I think it was the soil that did it. And um, that's why I was asking. I don't think they like to be shifted either. No, no, not not established. (laughs) No, not established ones. So, okay, start again. Okay, then. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Very, very quickly, Evan. Firstly, the very prolific apple that you have, the small apple, Gevestein Fanny, G double E V. Um, E-S-T-O-N. Oh, I think I've seen T-O-N. it written with a J occasionally, Jeevestine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, secondly, someone wants your business phone number or how to contact you? Uh, my phone number is 0414-439-298. But um, we have a website. If you Google Ochre Landscape, no S on the end, as Pam always puts on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ochre Landscape, if you Google that, you will you'll come up with me at the top. And if you, and the second one will be someone in Wollongong, so don't don't go with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and very finally, yes, uh, the show is podcast. Um, it's definitely most of our, our regional listeners uh, do podcast the show because they can't pick us up. You go to three cr.org.au forward slash podcasts and click on the gardening show, and the last six weeks will be up there. We have to go immediately. We've run out of time. A big thank you to all the team and to Vicky taking all the calls. And we'll be back again next week. Bye for now.